Hi guys, and welcome to today's podcast, where I'm joined by Shona Newman from Vegas, recently moved back to Vegas from Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and Shona um, does pretty much very similar to what I do, buying and selling websites, utilising age domains and any other kind of little loophole that you can get, you know, hit the ground running with when it comes to affiliate marketing. So, Shona, thank you very much for taking the time to jump on. Um, Alex from ODUIS has spoken about you probably, probably for the last six months. You <laughs> need to get her on. She's done this, she's done that. But for anyone who's not aware of what you do, can you just give us a brief background of, I know what you do now, but how did that come about? Have you worked in an agency and so on? So let us know a bit about your how you got to this position today. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been doing this for more than a decade now. Um, I actually started dabbling in this probably older. I'm older than most people in SEO. I started doing this back when Shoe Money had made a name for himself with his big AdSense check. And I was actually working out in Los Angeles um, at Warner Brothers Studios doing um, financial analyst work. Then the recession hit in 2008. And I was like, you know, I'll just take this website thing I'm doing on the side and make it my full-time thing because I'm getting unemployment benefits now. So um, I just started doing that then and I made $2,200 the next week. And so I was like, I'm never going back to a cubicle. <laughs> so, so these days I focus on affiliate sites and uh, content sites with display ads. And I just do the build and flip model. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Alex, as I say, from ODYS has been talking about you. And one thing that obviously stuck in my head, um, and I just want to touch on this before we dig into to buying mm-hmm. and selling websites, is this whole Amazon, Amazon story with you and you mm-hmm. actually taking Amazon to court and yes. actually winning. Uh, and I think for me, that's the part that I'm like, whoa, who is <laughs> like who takes Amazon to court and wins? So what was the story behind that? Um, So back in 2015, two days before Black Friday, uh, Amazon closed an account of mine. Um, It was on track to make $17,000 that month. Uh, They told me I'd broken all these rules that I hadn't broken. And I'm the kind of person who doesn't take that kind of shit. So I was like, I'm going to sue them. And my my wife was like, okay, let's do it. So um, we did some research and we took them to small claims court. Um, unfortunately, the limit in the state of Nevada is $10,000. So that's all that I could sue them for, of course. Um, so it, the process took about seven months. Um, they sent down just a legal assistant, no lawyer at all. Um, the judge tried to get us to settle with Amazon, which we were willing to do, but they weren't having it. They wanted to take it all the way. And not only did we win, but the judge made them pay our court cost. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So you're probably, well, I, I've never heard of another affiliate market taking Amazon to court um, mm-hmm. and and actually winning. So fair play to you for doing that. Um, <laughs> it must have been scary, though, going after a company of that size. Yeah, um, it, it really was because I'd done a lot of research to see if anyone had ever successfully sued them. And I found one random person on Black Hat World or somewhere like that in Michigan who said that they had sued them. But of course, they were anonymous. So who knew if that was true? Um, but I found a lot of FBA sellers who had sued them successfully in the state of California. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's only like $50 to file this case. So we may as well try it. 
Um, I went to some free legal aid clinics to try to learn what I needed to do in court. So we just did all that and it took more time than money, but in the end it was really worth it. And uh, Amazon tried to get me and my wife to sign an NDA once we won, but we were like, uh, no, you still have to pay us and we're not signing it. <laughs> so, but um, we actually learned some really interesting things in there that like they said they closed 300 counts a day, at least at the time. Oh, yeah. That's not good, not good. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of them uh, doing that stuff, you know, obviously you said you didn't break any kind of right. or anything. I mean, th this is just a perception I've got in the affiliate market. And I think if you start to make uh, decent sums of money, they're going mm -hmm. to look to try and get rid of you. W would you say that is pretty much what happened there? Yeah. Uh, back at the time, you know, the Amazon commission was tiered. So I was actually running paid traffic to the pages on my site. I had a crossbow site at the time. You know, I was selling $300 crossbows at eight and a half percent commission, and it was costing me 13 cents a click to send Google ads traffic. So I was like really sending a lot of traffic and making a lot of money doing that. So I think that put me on the radar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, that's a pain in the backside and pretty much has <laughs> um, given me the answer I wanted in terms of these people will just, you know, find a way to. Yeah to get rid of you because obviously the markup or, or the, the money you would have been making on 13 cents a click for a 300 yeah. pound or $300 crossbow is is obscene um, <laughs> amounts of money. <laughs> that obviously brings us to, uh, you know, buying and flipping websites and doing what we do as affiliate marketers. Mm -hmm. Um and I'd just like to know more about your thought process because obviously finding something like the crossbow, who the hell thinks of the crossbow niche? You know, that's <laughs> where I think, you know, I, listen, I, I know many people have I've had, uh, I know Matt Diggity years ago used to be in the anal bleaching cream. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> but every time I talk to an affiliate marketer, it's not like uh, mainstream stuff they're selling. It's always something really quite weird especially those ones that do it really well mm -hmm. um so like the crossbow would fit that you know i'm not saying it's as bad as anal bleaching cream but <laughs> um it is kind of bizarre you know unless you've got a kind of crossbow thing going on uh, mm -hmm. and you enjoy that but how did why crossbow what how did you come to this i had just happened upon that actually um that's kind of how i find my best niches um for about five years, I dominated the paddleboard niche when it just was breaking into the market. It's a little more competitive now, but basically I just look for things that have prices over $300 that are kind of like newish to the market. I, I've made some missteps doing that though, because um, I don't know, like six or seven years ago, 3D video cameras were coming out and I was like, oh, I'm gonna dominate this. And they didn't take off. So I just had a worthless site. So. Oh, uh, you can't win them all. <laughs> More winners than losers, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, what, when you're thinking about new things coming up and mm -hmm. potentially looking to enter a new niche, what, what are you thinking? Like, where do you get this information? Is it like Google Trends or just general research on like new things that are coming out, or how do mm. you go about this? Uh, I do use Google Trends. Um, I've also somehow found a few different newsletters, like uh, I think one is actually just called Trends, the people at Hustle.co do it, or just kind of look for new things like that. But I also follow general like industry event type 
pages on Facebook and Twitter. So like the Outdoor Research Association does a big show once or twice a year in the US. So I kind of follow that and see what they're promoting as new things. So. Um, yeah, no, it's just, just curious to know where you get your ideas from. I think one of the biggest questions I get asked from affiliate marketers is how give me ideas where do you come up with inspiration for these things and you've hit the nail on the head look at events and stuff or, yeah. or, or whatever you know sometimes just listening to that you go ah right I'm gonna mm -hmm. there. so it's just try, trying to figure out where one would go to try and come up with those inspiring ideas but obviously you've done that you you um you know you've made your money um with uh your crossbow website and, and you <laughs> you get kicked in the teeth by Amazon. Mm -hmm. The next website that you came up with, um, was it Amazon affiliate or was it something else? Um, it actually was. Um, I had already actually started diversifying a little bit more, so I wasn't like completely wiped out. Um, but actually, after they closed that account, I immediately opened eight uh, LLC business accounts the next day and opened eight new Amazon accounts. So I was back up and running. So. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, we could tell in the courtroom that they knew I had done some of those because they'd been the same websites, but basically they were too scared to go after us, I think, after we beat them. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so you persevered with Amazon. Um, so obviously, you know, looking at your About Us page, you know, you've mm -hmm. done all of your stuff. Um, you've, you've obviously done the thing with uh, Amazon fighting them, but you know, in June 2014 on your website, it's saying you sold a nine-month-old niche website for around 20000 bucks through Empire Flippers, um, and you basically got yourself 16000 bucks after their fees. Um, so, you know, you basically said here, which, which is obviously of interest to a lot of people, you only spent about 30 hours mm -hmm. playing around on that website. So... You know, obviously, for it's it's not going to wow people with that. You know, initial figure you ended up right. walking away with sixteen grand. But for a lot of the listeners out there, that is a great starting point for anyone mm -hmm. able to put in to you know thirty hours. So, was that a new domain name, and what was this kind of strategy? Was it just content and links, or content only? How did you get that up to the money it was making? Uh, that first site was almost exclusively buying guide and product reviews. And that was actually back when Spencer at Niche Pursuits had had his uh, PBN <laughs> that he was selling links on. So that was how I'd initially monetized that. But, you know, I've been doing this so long that I came back from the build my rank days and all that kind of spamming links. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, obviously, after that, um, you, you had a kind of, smaller website that uh, was making 60 bucks a month and you flipped mm -hmm. it for 1500 yeah. pounds you were saying that your heart just wasn't in that right. one you know i don't want you to disclose the niche if you don't want to but like would you say it's important for people to to get involved in affiliate marketing into something the heart is in you know rather than maybe you know i don't know what that niche was and i don't know if you want to share that but you were probably doing something that just wasn't your thing and uh, right got bored with it would that be correct to say that or yeah and at the time I was writing most of my content so I think if people are starting out and they're going to be writing all of their content if you actually like or are at least interested in the topic it's going to be a lot easier for you to get through that initial push when you're not making any money yeah. uh, these days you know I, I outsource a lot of content so I don't really care <laughs> <laughs> um 
No, as I say, when when I'm advising people, I always say try and do something that you're at least semi interested in. Yeah. Um, you know, just t- keeps the buzz going. But obviously, over the years since, you know, you you done reasonably well with the website for thirty hours, then had a kind of a, a worse off experience. Um, then you went on to make thirty k from a test website, and things started to pick up. And I think mm-hmm. uh, here it's saying. Um, in 2018, you sold five websites, um, and that is obviously great acceleration. So, what is your business model there? Uh, you know, is it picking up websites at a low cost, uh, doing them up, adding your strategy to them, and then flipping them on? Um, you know, within a six to nine month period, is that roughly what you do year on year? Um, I would say that I build from scratch about 90% of my sites and then the other 10 are one, the ones that I buy and kind of fix up and flip. Um, I typically start with a fresh domain, although lately I've been going with more age domains because, you know, as SEO has evolved, you know, I used to be able to flip sites in nine to 12 months and now it's taking more like 18 to 24, depending on my income goals. So if I go for an age domain, I can shortcut that timeline a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, that that was going to lead on to the next question. <laughs> Obviously, starting <laughs> them from scratch, um, there's a little bit more time and effort and everything. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you use an age domain from the likes of ODYS, you've got that backlink yep. history, age domain, and everything else. And it's nice to see that that's part of your overall strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going forward, will you still use brand new domain names, or do you think leveraging the power of age domains? is more your type of thing now? If I can find a quality domain with the type of links I'm looking for, then I'm going to always go for aged. Um, I think it's getting harder and harder as more people are finding out about them to really find what I'm looking for. I mean, obviously when you use marketplaces like ODYS, Mm -hmm. they're going out, they're researching these domains. They've got Mm -hmm. teams that are just looking to acquire domain names and so on. Um, and obviously they're checking it for spam and, right. and you know, trademarks against it and, and various other bits and bobs. But what else from your end are you looking for from an age domain name to, to launch a new project? So if I was to say to you just now, Shona, you know, show me your process, go on to, to um, ODYS, the marketplace, and find something. What metrics or what is it that sticks out for you? the most when you're on that marketplace? Uh, well, first I have to make sure that the domain was actually targeting the US market. Um, I've had a few that I've been interested in, but maybe they were targeting the UK. And so I didn't want to start out with that disadvantage. Um, I also prefer to see a lot of niche relevant backlinks. Uh, you know, of course I want things like New York Times and BBC and, as well, but but I will skip over sites that have only those types of links if there's not a, a large amount of niche relevant ones. So niche relevance is really, really important to you. Yes. Um, so when you acquire an age domain name, um, you know, from ODYS and it's transferred over, blah, 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 blah. What what is your process there? I, I'm just curious, do you go out and, and just get a website built and slam content content on there first? Or do you do it slightly differently? Are you building links at the same time? Or do you just build it out with content and then build links? Like, What is your strategy roughly looking like there? Um, I try to get one to 200 posts up as fast as possible. Um, ideally, I don't have to build any links at all as long you know, as I'm holding the site until I sell it. Um, that's kind of why I'm focusing on buying the age domains. 
So I, I know a few people I've spoken to in the past that have also used um, ODYS. Um, and there's a guy, um, Azadine from Canada, and he categorically stated he does not build links. He literally only re uh, relies on the power of that age domain. And it's pretty much a content strategy mm -hmm. that it's him. And I've seen the analytics and the the monetization graphs and he is making a lot of money. Yeah, nice. So it's nice <laughs> to know that, you know, you hear, listen, I, I'm a backlink builder. Yeah. To art, you know, it's always been my thing. I enjoy PBNs. I enjoy all of that stuff. But it's amazing to see maybe the likes of yourself or Azadine or whatever utilising what's already there. Um, but I would have, you know, what I want to ask, because I didn't ask Azadine this before, so there's existing backlinks there. Are you powering those up at all, or are you simply just adding content here? Yeah, and, and I'm just doing a massive amount of content and hoping that that's enough. Um, I don't actually power up any of the links on my sites, mm -hmm. so, yeah. I'm just, cu just curious, because obviously sometimes people look, and you look at it and there's none, but you're like, are you powering those <laughs> I know I do that type of thing and uh, it works relatively well for me so mm -hmm. curious to know but going back to your content strategy uh, you mentioned you know you're wanting 100 or 200 posts on a website mm -hmm. uh, another common question I get from people is how quick are you putting that content on a website so you go out but I know you might be writing some of it yourself, mm -hmm. but if it was me, I'm normally, I just see this as an investment thing. So mm -hmm. I will go out and order 100 pages of content. You may do similar or you may write it yourself, but how quickly are you adding that content to the website? Do you do you have like one a day or five a week or no more than 20 a month? Like how do you see this being added? Uh, well, for the most recent domain that I bought from ODYS, I have one guy who I've worked with for years, and he writes five articles a week for that site. And then I have a subscription for 20,000 words a month that's discounted at Word Agents that goes to that site. And then I usually end up buying 30,000 or so words extra also. So basically, I'm cranking those articles out. I'm getting them posted as fast as I can. <laughs> so you don't care. You don't. Yeah. I could work out at two articles being added a day, you don't give a shit, just yeah. put it on, no waiting. That's cool. Because um, always people are always saying, should it be this amount a week or should it be that? And as far as I'm concerned, sometimes I even backdate them. If I've got a whole bunch to put on, mm -hmm. I'll make them put like, uh, I'll put them up as if they were put up in January um, or whatever, <laughs> and just do it that way. So mm -hmm. um, I was just curious to know what... Uh, what's going on there but when it comes to the content side of thing i want to go even deeper mm -hmm. um you know obviously you're you're getting your content you've got guys doing that but are these guys all using the likes of suffer pop or something to fully optimize that content or are you blindly just smashing this with um, what, whatever yeah whenever i hire someone to do content i make them an outline of all of the h2s and h3s that i want and then i will give them one to two examples of competitor content um, yeah. and let them run with that uh, i've been really lucky that i don't really have to do any rewrites or anything like that um, and the only time that i use something like surfer is if i have an article that i'm like why isn't this ranking this should be ranking and so like if i have a problem that's when i'll go to something like surfer but otherwise i don't spend any time on that um, so when you're guiding these people to write an Amazon affiliate article, mm -hmm. 
What is your kind of average word count for something like that? Is it 500? Is it 1,000? Is it short short content, long-form content? Um, I usually start out anywhere between 1,200 to 2,000, um, depending on, like, if it's something that's going to have, like, a lot of unique features or not. Um, and often what I'll do is I'll outsource just that core part, which will be, like, three to five product reviews and a mini buying guide. I'll get that posted as soon as possible. And then over the next few weeks, I myself will go add in other H2s and H3s that I get from like people also ask and stuff like that to kind of beef it up. At the end, I'm probably looking at around 3,000 words total when I'm done. <laughs> That's fairly long. That's fairly yeah. Long. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see what's working for you. Um, now, when it comes to the content, is it always the best this or, or the top five that? Or are you mixing that up more? Um, to, to various other um, often what I'll do is lately I've been doing only just three just because I wanted to get more content up so I wanted to have cheaper articles so I would do something like luxury item cheapest item and the best for the money or something like that yeah and did you feel any kind of impact from the December update at all on any any of your affiliate projects um, I actually only had one site that got hit by that, and it's a site that's about five years old that had just kind of been running on autopilot. I haven't actually done anything to it in two years, so I have no idea why it got hit. Well, I mean, I mean obviously for, for a lot of the people, especially here in the, the UK, a lot of people feel that it was affiliate websites mm -hmm. that were you know, suffering from that, and I was just curious to know if you'd seen anything or felt anything. Um, now, when you're launching these affiliate websites are you also building a persona you know because this is another thing that people i think don't do that well but it's mm -hmm. like an eggshell head and you go like obviously i go onto your website just now and i go on to shona newman and i can see you know your story there and all that mm -hmm. stuff um are you doing that that similarly on your affiliate websites like building a persona and building a bit of trust behind that person yeah, I'm a big fan of this person does not exist.com. So I get a lot of pictures for there from there for personas. And for a while I was even making LinkedIn profiles for all of my personas. And then they seem to have gotten a little strict about that and caught on. So about half the time that kind of gets deleted on me. So I've stopped doing that. Um, if it's a niche like a YMYL, then I'll even go out and buy the persona name.com and make a little fake blog that just has a few posts on it so that it looks like a real person. Yeah. So you're going over and above. Yeah. what a normal person would do in terms of making that look real. I was just curious because for me, I definitely think that, you know, especially uh, for your money, your life uh, and things like that, um, a lot a lot of people say, has my affiliate website kind of been dragged into that category because it potentially could be, but I think it would make common sense for Google eventually not to just do this across your money, your life websites or mm -hmm. the, the medic niche, um, which they rolled it out first in, I think eventually it will come across the board where they are going to be looking for a bit of authority from an, you know the, the, the person behind the website. And if it is going to be an egghead who doesn't have any social media, you may potentially mm -hmm. run into... That's just my opinion. But um, I think you know what you're doing there is, is good in terms of uh, future-proofing your website, right. if anything, as well. So... Um, I was just curious to to dig <laughs> deeper into that. But also what I want to talk to you about is you mentioned on your About Us page that uh, you buy and sell websites, of course you do, but you don't 
do this like on a, a million pound scale. You're always buying in, flipping, buying in, flipping, you know, at the, the at, and I do it at the same end of the, the market as you. Um, and there's a reason for that, but I just want to know your reasons for wanting to flip them on all the time rather than sit on them. Um, what What's your reasons for that? Um, well, just at its core, it's obviously great for wealth building. Um, I do a lot of travel, so you know I, I like to spend a lot of money on that. Um, but at the same time, you never know what Google's going to do. Um, so that's another reason I don't like to hold on to sites for the long term. Um, you know, I, I also get bored easily when I start these sites and niches that I just don't have any interest in. Um, lately, though, I've been picking topics that I can hold more for the long haul, so that I can build things like info products, maybe do some white label stuff to sell. Um, so those are going to be a little different for me, but yeah, for the most part, I don't want to sit on anything because it's just too risky. Yeah. But it's also for me, in my opinion, it's easier to scale a website that's, that's going from say a hundred bucks a month to, to a few thousand bucks than it is to go from sure. 10, 20 yeah. to 30. And yeah. also you've got that element of risk when Google roll out an update and your website goes backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's about getting in and out at the right yeah. time. It's also a lot easier to sell sites that are maybe under 150,000, especially if they're under 50,000. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that is the market I go for. So I'll just yeah. grab something for a couple of grand, scale mm -hmm. it up, flip it for 40, 50 grand. It's yep. just easier to sell, more people to buy, and they make for good case studies as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good all round. But going forward... Um, is that going to be your business model for the next few years or do you see things changing? Are you going to buy and flip at a higher um, level at all or is it always just going to be what you're doing here? Uh, I feel like once you hit like the 300,000 to maybe, I don't know, like six or 700,000, then it takes a longer time for you to sell your site. So I feel like you either have to aim to, to flip your site either under 300,000 are over like 750. Yeah. Um, so some of the sites I've recently started are going to be kind of those long play, high ticket ones that I'm going to try to sell. But for the most part, I prefer that lower end just because I can flip so many more a year, you know. Yeah. And and in terms of flipping your websites, you know, people you, you've mentioned Empire Flippers mm -hmm. in your about page. Um, you know, Empire Flippers is quite hard to get on. For a lot of people, they do stringent mm -hmm. checks. And, you know, I think I had Gregory um, Efrink on here yeah. um, in the past, and he was saying, like, we decline um, eight out of ten websites that get proposed to us mm -hmm. for being listed. How easy did you find it to get listed on Empire Flippers? What was um, the process? What did they want to see? Uh, well, yeah, I didn't have any difficulty. I did have a site I sold two years ago where someone had negative SEO'd it. So I had a lot of back and forth uh, with their vetting specialists. Like, are you sure you didn't build this shady link? And I was like, no, I've disavowed it. So they, they, you can't get anything by them. I mean, not that I've tried, but I mean, they go through everything. So I think that might be why people are having problems. Um, I do do a little gray hat stuff like PBNs and stuff, but before I flip a site, then six months beforehand, I start kind of cleaning things up so that I don't have any problems. Yeah. No, I was just curious to know <laughs> if they were like, do this, do that, take this away, take oh. that away. Um, obviously, they're great guys. And I think from a buyer side, you can do with confidence with those guys because they mm. are literally grilling the crap out of you um, and making sure <laughs> everything 
everything is yeah. as it should be, which is what you would want, mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe Flipper, which is a right. lot easier to go on. But if you were selling websites or even advising people who potentially want to buy something, would it be Empire Flippers or would it be Flipper? Yeah, it would definitely be Empire Flippers if you have that kind of money to spend on a site if you're buying. Um, I've actually sold through more brokers, um, but I can pu you know publicly say I won't sell through any other brokers other than Empire Flippers now based yeah. on experiences that I've had. Um, if people are looking for cheaper sites to buy and flip, then I'm a big fan of the flipping websites group on Facebook. I've, I've bought quite a few sites from there. Yeah, there's always gems in there. Yeah. Always Empire Flippers for anyone listening you're going to need a minimum of 30k to buy a yeah, website. Yeah. Um, anything from two, three, five, or whatever Shona mm -hmm. or me might be buying, they, they don't appear on there. Yeah. Um, do you ever look at Flipper for buying cheap projects? Or Yeah, I, I've only bought a couple of sites from there over the years. Um, so I, I do keep a, a tra track of what's on there, and there are a few sellers that I actually follow to see what they're up to. But I actually think Flipper is more valuable for niche hunting than buying yeah. sites um interesting interesting you see that and um, now if anyone out there was looking to get into what we do buying and selling websites um and everything else now knowing what you know um just to obviously wrap this up mm -hmm. what would you do um you know if someone if you had 10 grand in a pot right now tell me how you would spend it wisely and where you would spend it on? Uh, if I had, if I was someone with no experience, then I would do everything myself to learn. Um, if I had the experience I have now, I would probably just go troll that flipping websites group and wait for something undervalued. Yeah. So just undervalued is where yeah. you're looking for. That's the way I like to see it. I'm looking for undervalued or someone naive yeah, who yeah. doesn't understand mm -hmm what they've done or the, the power of what they've done, maybe adding lots of content and I can mm -hmm. come back end and slam it with links or vice versa, some mm -hmm. really powerful website and they've just been really crap at content. Yeah. Uh, so preying on the naive is a <laughs> way to do it. And it's not a nice way to say it, but essentially that's what we're doing right. um, to make money. Um, but, you know, a lot of people always say to me, is this realistic for the average Joe? Now, I personally have done it and I don't consider myself to be as intelligent as many out there. But is this a realistic goal? Obviously, looking at your stuff, you sold websites for this amount of money, that amount of money, and you probably made a ton of money. Is this a realistic career choice going forward or have we fallen lucky? Uh, I think you can still get into it. It was definitely easier, you know, years ago. Every year it's a little harder. Um, but yeah, I, I think anyone can do it. I think what stops a lot of people and what kind of makes them stop doing it is how long it can take in the beginning to start seeing results. And that can be really demotivating. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. <laughs> now, rumor has it um, that you have an age domain course coming out. Um, when is that coming out? And what is? can you give us a snippet of what's going to be in there? What kind of things are going to be in there? Uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, released live on April 2nd. Um, I'm actually partnered with ODYS, and they are covering half of the cost of it for the first 100 people who sign up. So it's going to be only $59 for those people in the beginning. Um, and it's basically going to cover just A to Z, everything I do when I start looking for an age domain through taking it live, 
you know, whether you want to take it and make it a full-fledged site or maybe 301 it, it's just going to be a step-by-step thing, including how I do my due diligence. Yeah, that, that sounds very, and for that price, 59 bucks, yeah. uh, very, very cheap. Now, what is the format of this like? Is it videos? Is it text? Yes. Or? It's going to be 100% video, including I'm going to do a walkthrough of the due diligence and looking at the marketplace at ODYS. I think uh, that's much more up my street. Uh, videos, I, I, I hate people that release PDF courses and stuff. <laughs> I can't be bothered doing it. You know, what you can say in five minutes on a walkthrough would probably take you right. 10 hours to write and, and refine. Yeah. So I much prefer that myself. So um, when that comes out, where can people buy that? Would that be on your website or somewhere else? Yeah, I, I actually host it on another site, um, but there's links to it from Skipblast in the navigation bar. Um, so you will see the link below, skipblast.com, S-K-I-P-B-L-A-S-T, mm -hmm. for anyone who struggles to understand the accent. <laughs> um, and also, <laughs> if someone wants to reach out to you, Shona, in terms of, asking you a question or just following what you do, where's the best place for people to find you? Again, is it Skip Blast or is there? Yeah, yeah, that's that's usually where it's easiest to reach me. Um, I'm also on Facebook and a bunch of the SEO groups, so I people regularly slide into my messages and that's okay, but don't expect a fast response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know the feeling I get uh, blasted with all sorts of questions and and takes you days to reply sometimes mm -hmm. uh, it is what it is but yeah check out shona uh on skipblast.com mm -hmm. or try and slide into the dns if she, <laughs> uh, if she will reply to you but thank you very much for coming on it has been an absolute pleasure finding out a little bit more about you and obviously finding out about that amazon story was also interesting um and as i say hopefully Get into this year, your course does well and anything else you do does very well in terms of buying and selling. So good luck with it all. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. No worries. 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 Had a lot of fun. No, 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 had a lot of fun.